Good to be with you, Psalm 23. We're on this uh, journey, unpacking this incredible song and psalm uh, over our lives. Uh, I need everybody to help me finish this saying. Everybody. It's not what you know, it's who you know. How many of you have heard that before, right? It's not what you know, it's who you know. Now, who you know is incredibly important in our lives. Now, I need a big vote. You guys that are with us online, you can vote like in the comment section down below. How many of you have ever uh, gotten a job or received a promotion or you've had some major blessing or some major advancement or because you had somebody that knew you and they were helping you behind the scenes? How many of you have ever experienced that before, right? Somebody helped you out in some way, right? It's not just what, you know, in fact, they talk, it's like, uh, it's so important to go and get a college degree, but at the end of the day, it's not what you know, it's who you know, who are you connected with. Having favor with people is awesome. It's incredible. It's helpful. It's meaningful. Having those relationships and being connected with others, that is absolutely great. When you follow Jesus you stand in the highest favor in the entire universe. All right, when you are with Jesus, you stand under a favor that I don't know we've fully understood. And I'm hoping to just at least a little bit this morning unpack for us. You have no greater advocate in the world than the Son of God. That at any moment, you can even right now you could come before Jesus and begin to talk to him and speak to him and ask him and appeal to him. Doesn't matter how small it is. It could be minute, the smallest things, right? We, we're made aware through the scriptures that God is fully dialed in to the number of hairs on your head, meaning he's into the minutia of your life. He is very aware of what's going on. You can come to him with the small things. You can come to him with the tiny things. You can come to him with the massive things that are going on and appeal to him, right? It's something that we can do even at this very moment. Listen, we, you, can go, you can go to friends and they're helpful. You can go to pastors and bosses and congressmen and governors and presidents, but hear this they will all pale in comparison to appealing to your father and your advocate in heaven. And this psalm is gonna press us in to thinking, reorienting our minds about coming to the place of true divine favor. Psalm 23, we've read this, we got to unpack in the first week that we see that God is leading us in faithful green pastures and beside still waters. He's doing works of restoration. He's doing works of provision over our lives. And then we also see him with us walking through the dark valleys and where those shadows that we talked about last week, we all experience those places. And then the psalmist, this is David, King David, he looks straight at God and he says, you prepare a table before me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Now, there's a lot here. But you've got the good shepherd Jesus, and he's done all of these faithful things. 
and he covers and he walks with us. And then all of a sudden, we arrive at this plateau. And in fact, uh, we've been uh, reminding you of a book uh, that, we've, that you're able to use if you're interested in digging into the psalm a little bit more. A shepherd looks at Psalm 23. It's an actual modern-day shepherd unpacking Psalm 23. And he actually talks about this word that's called table, could also has, a, at least in shepherding terms, the, the same idea as a plateau, where a shepherd would look for a high and safe place to be able to bring his sheep to. It's the, the idea of a table being set. So whether you see the shepherd bringing the sheep to this incredible green plateau, or whether we see it in a very uh, a, a traditional way where you have a man or a woman who's being set a table, where someone is creating uh, a feast, if you will, before them and calling them to sit at it, what we see is that you have an advocate who's created this spread for you. And he is the one that has seated us there. And there's this desire of the Father to, to say to us, you sit in the seat of provision. You sit in the place of provision in your life that God has and is preparing for you. You have this, the full favor of the Lord. If it's not what you know, it's who you know, then this becomes the most important thing that we could possibly understand in our lives, that God has prepared a table for us, and we sit in the seat of provision. We sit in the seat of favor. It's who we are. It's what we have in Christ. And now we come to the crux of what this position of favor brings, because he says, you prepare a table before me. Where? In the presence of my enemies. Before all of the, uh, of the work of the enemy that would come against us. That every, you, you can see all of these things that might be pressing against you. Darkness or disappointment or whatever those, doesn't matter what it is. And we'll unpack a little bit more what that can look like. But what you have in front of you and what you have coming against you, it matters not because the Father is for you. Now, let's be honest. There's not much more of a satisfying feeling uh, than when someone has been against you and all of a sudden they see you able to step into the seat of favor. We love seeing that story, right? We've seen that story play out in many different ways. I want you to take a look at the screen. You are the only ladies of the household, I hope, uh, I presume. There's no one else, Your Grace. Quite so. Good day. Good day. Your Grace. Your Grace. Please, wait. May I try it on? Oh, pay no attention to her. It's only Cinderella. Ah, scullery. From the kitchen. It's ridiculous. Impossible. She's out of her mind. Yes, yes, just an imaginative child. Madam, my orders were every maiden. Uh, my child. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, this is terrible. The king, what will he say? 
What will he do? But perhaps if it would help. No, no, nothing can help now. Nothing. But you see, I have the other slipper. Come on, somebody get pumped about Cinderella, okay? All right. Now, I, I love this picture, all right? Because what you have is the definitive attitude of the enemy against you captured in this picture, okay? This is the enemy against you, okay? That's, this is what is happening. Listen, this isn't on an every once in a while. This is a daily basis the attitude of the enemy, looking to ensnare you all the time. It's what, it's what makes this portion of this psalm so unbelievably powerful. Because there is no rest of the enemy against you and what God wants to accomplish in your life, right? But when, when the enemy comes against you, and then you go and you sit, as Cinderella, sit, and you sit in the seat of favor, where God comes, all right, the Lord changes the look of the enemy from that to this, all right? <laughs> this, is what, this is what is happening when you and I sit in the seat of favor in the Lord. This is who God is and what he's prepared for us. And there's no greater joy that we can experience when we see the overcoming power of the Lord over our lives, seeing and trusting in his provision and his favor, the fact that, hear this, he is a father who reaches over and covers us. There's always a table for us to come to. There's never a moment in our lives where you and I are not invited right into the table, right up into, because he's prepared it for us. You and I win. The Apostle Paul describes this to the church in Romans chapter 8, and he says, that he puts it this way, if God is for us, who, who could be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things. It is, uh, uh, who shall bring any charge? Who's bringing a charge against you? God's elect. It's God who does the justifying. Who's going to condemn you? Christ is the one who died more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is right now our advocate interceding for us. Verse 37, no, in all these things, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from Christ our Lord. Amen? That's good news. Here's what he's saying. You might find yourself walking through a valley. You might find yourself caught in what feels like the darkest shadow. It changes not. The victory, the conquering victory 
of the king of the universe, and he's prepared a table for you. You get to sit in the seat of favor and appeal to an advocate who never fails. And so what does it functionally mean then to walk in the Lord's favor? What it means is this. We have to trust. This is where the, this is where the rubber meets the road for every one of us. We have to trust that we are already more than conquerors because Jesus has already won. Meaning this, you cannot walk in, fa- in the favor of the Lord until you say yes to your identity as a victorious, conquering son or daughter. That's who you are. Meaning if you, if you have found yourself going, I don't know that I sense God's favor over my life. When, when the psalmist here says, I, he's prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies, I, that isn't my experience. I don't fully understand or that doesn't seem to be happening in my life. Part of the reason I believe, we see from scripture, that we don't sit in that seat of favor is because we're not yet ready to fully embrace the fact that we are already more than conquerors. That our ability to function in the confidence of the Holy Spirit in our lives hinges on the fact that we have got to believe God has already done it. He's already conquered. He's already overcome. It's time for me to trust and believe and begin to walk and step into it. To not live defeated. Whatever ways that you feel like the enemy is winning, you have a father who presides over you and has prepared a feast, a banquet. He covers. So therefore, don't give in. How does how would this kind of merit itself out in everyday situations, right? You're hoping, maybe you find yourself hoping for something ahead. Maybe you're looking for a, a new job to provide for your family or you're looking for a new opportunity or maybe it's a ministry thing or maybe there's a promotion and you're coming before the Lord or you're trying to find the right answer to something in front of you and you're coming before him and, and you're hoping for something and it doesn't happen or you don't get it, right? We've, we've probably all been there before where you had a hope of something to, to work out. Maybe it was a new opportunity or a new promotion and it did, you didn't get it. In fact, someone, you, you looked and you saw someone who was less qualified or had less experience or had faulty character and they were the ones that got the promotion or they were the ones that got the advancement. And you've all, we've all had that question before where you go like, well, where is the Lord's favor in that moment? And it's so critical to understand that the Lord's favor doesn't mean that we always get everything that we want. The Lord's favor, operating in the Lord's favor means that whatever we might want, God always has better. That whatever it is that we've often set our sights toward, that we might have what feels like a holy aim, but we, we have to trust the fact that God has always has better for us. Always. He's always leading us. That often the Lord will say, not now, or he'll say, not yet, because he's leading us somewhere that is deeper and richer and greater. This is what the Lord does. We, um, I'm blessed to get to, quote unquote, do life with Kent Phillips. 
Ken and Brenda Phillips, but Kent's one of our elders, so we get uh, our elders come together every other week for a couple of hours to pray and to cover our church and to ask the Lord what he wants to do and how he wants to lead. And so we get to be in the guts of each other's lives, and they've been on a journey looking for a new home as uh, Brenda kind of gets closer to being done with working, and they're looking at retirement. So Brenda's got this, she's had this passion. She loves gardening. She's amazing at it, all right? She's, she's created some incredible things in her own backyard. So they're looking for a home that could be able to house what they want to do. So they were looking for a place that has an acre, and just got some elbow. You need elbow space when you're gardening, right? You know what I'm talking about? So she's needing elbow space. This is just not there. Listen, they're not looking for 50 acres. They're just looking for one acre and trying to find the, the, the right place for them. And they thought about a, about a month ago, they thought they had the perfect place. And they'd jumped in and put an offer in, and the offer had been accepted, but it came, it, they found out in the background that the owner had not been fully honest about the house. And so they thought, man, this doesn't feel right. And, I, and they, they, had to, they felt like they needed to back out of it. But it was the perfect place. It was the one acre. It was the home that was gonna be perfect for them. And so Brenda was just feeling it, right? Like the disappointment of that. And like, there, there's not gonna be a better situation that's gonna fit our budget, that's gonna have the space, that's gonna have all the things. And so, you know, you have to talk to Brenda afterwards. She was just really wrestling through this, and it was hard. So we're over there one morning uh, having our elders meeting, and we're like, we're laying hands and just saying, God, we're going to trust you. We know you have the perfect thing. A month goes by, right? A little bit of time has to go by because the Lord knows what he's doing. (laughs) A, a, A month goes by, and something comes up. And when I say something comes up, I mean something comes up. And it's a home. And by the grace of God, their daughter is a realtor. And she sees it before it hits the market. The night before it's about to hit the market and they see this place, they go, they're gonna, we gotta go check it out. And so they go the very, the very next morning when it's up on, there's all, there's, they're literally lined up all these appointments. So there's somebody there before them. There's gonna be somebody there after them. They've got, they put them in like these 20 minute increments to go see these things. There are is somewhere in the, I don't know how many offers they ended up having, 10 to a dozen or whatever offers, just the first day it's on the market. New home, but listen, not just new home, but already has a she shed. Come on, already. One a already has she shed built. She's gonna have to build one on this other property. This already has a she shed in place for all her quilting stuff and whatever else is going on uh, in the she shed. And uh, uh, has all the space. It's already perfectly lined out. They put their offer in. They have like this, hey, this is what we feel comfortable with. And I, I love Brenda's testimony because she was talking about it. She said, often, you know, I feel like this anxiety, you to put an offer in. You're like, feel anxious. She's like, we put our offer in. And I just said, okay. I'm, I'm okay, I'm at peace. They put it in a dozen other offers and the Lord gives them the home. They take their offer. They didn't even actually have the highest offer. How's that, huh? The Lord gave them this home. This is the picture of favor where oftentimes the Lord says no and it might feel devastating. It might not feel like it's working out You're putting your hope and trust and the thing just seems to fall out in front of you. But the Lord is always working for our our better, our good, our great. He's the faithful one we see moving and shaping that living in the favor of the Lord is always an exercise in trust. 
If you want to live in the favor of the Lord, it's not going to come hanging back. It's about fully engaging and investing and trusting the Lord. This is who he is and what he wants to do because the enemy's lurking about with that smirk from the stepmother in Cinderella looking to destroy. And here's what he does. He accuses the Lord's heart to us. He says, the Lord's not really covering you. You have not done near well enough to deserve the covering of God. You haven't been faithful enough. You had not been good enough. You haven't done enough. You haven't prayed enough. He accuses us and he accuses the heart of the Lord. And we see that these lies are constantly being seeded. And there's an exercise of trust that there has been a table prepared before us in the presence of the enemy. And he's over us. And the good shepherd is calling us to say, listen, I sit at this table. God has prepared this for me. I will not be moved. That there is a new confidence that comes from trusting the promises of God, even as the enemy is seeking to steal, kill, and destroy. There really is a call. Listen, God is calling us up to see things that are not yet as though they are. This is the point of trust and faith in the Lord. This is where we're being called out a little bit, out of the comfort zone to trust him, right? Everybody say this, God is calling me up to see the things that are not yet as though they are. This is where we're headed. This is where we're headed as a people to trust the Lord. And what he says is, I'm gonna give you goodness. I've prepared the table for you. And why? The question, of course, is why do we do this? Why is it so important to walk in God's favor? Because hear this, and this is how, this is how David finishes this line in this song. Because God's favor in our lives is forever. And it has an even greater purpose to bring his favor to more, to others. He says, you anoint my head with oil. It's what you would do. They would custom, if you came to a dinner party, they're gonna anoint your head. They're gonna put a fragrance over you. He says, so God's welcoming us in. But here's what he says. You anoint my head with oil. And he says, but my cup overflows, meaning I have an abundance. I have more than. God wants to take his favor and blessing on our lives and use it to touch other people's lives. And we see this all throughout scripture. It says, Abraham, I'm blessing you to be a blessing to others. I'm covering you. Your cup will overflow onto those around you. One of my favorite biblical accounts of favor that we get to see is in the book of Esther, right? This Jewish woman is chosen by this Persian king to be his queen. And God rests on, his favor rests on her in such a powerful way. It's going to, it's going to cover a nation of people. Esther chapter two, it says, the king loved Esther more than all the women. And she won grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins so that he set the royal crown on her head and made her queen. This is the favored daughter of the Lord. She finds favor in the eyes of the king and the king. And his hand is over her. 
And the question is, why? Why this favor? Because you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. That the favor that you and I experience was meant to spill onto others around us. What happens when you have an abundance? You ever been to a dinner party and you got more food than you know what to do with? What are you doing? Just giving it away. At the end of a party, you've got more. What are you just, please, all right, take the scones or the pigs in a blanket or whatever it is, kind of, whatever party it is. I'm sorry, I don't know, maybe you probably don't do pigs in a blanket, but right? Whatever it is you got, what are you doing? You're just giving it away. Where there's an abundance, what do we do? We give it away. This is what the father does, and we certainly see this with Esther. He uses Esther, gives her favor. He, he literally sets the table before her, and there is an evil plot to kill off the entire nation of Israel. They're in captivity in Persia. And there is, there's, a, there's a, a plan to have the entire Jewish nation murdered. And the Lord puts his favor on Esther. And Esther takes the favor that God, that table that was set before her in the presence of her enemies. And she gets before the Lord and, and she advocates on behalf of her people and her cup overflows in such a way that the nation is saved. And the plot is exposed. And that face from the enemy is brought down. And the favor of the Lord in our lives inevitably spills onto those around us. God doesn't want to just give you favor so you have all the cool things or can say, I have the favor. The point of the favor of the Lord is he wants others to experience his favor. He wants to bring other people into his kingdom. He wants to touch other people's lives. You have the favor of the king. Man, let's touch, let's touch the world with it. Let's let this thing well up. Let's receive our inheritance as sons and daughters of the most high God and step right into that place of taking that favor and touching the nations around us. God has favor for his children. All of them. It's what he has. And it's time for us to step into it. You guys stand. I'm going our, our to ask our team to come up. I'm going to close out. You guys that are with us at home, I want you to take this moment. You can, if, if, if everyone would, maybe just close your eyes. You're in one of two places this morning. You're here and you sense the favor of the Lord. And you don't want to you don't want to miss it. You sense his kindness that he has prepared this table. And you don't want to miss out on what the Lord wants to do. There's a hunger inside your heart to just say, Lord, thank you for your goodness and your kindness and your favor. And I receive it. And I don't want to miss out on it. And then there's maybe a second group here of you that you feel like you've not been operating in God's favor. That you're on the outside somehow. That maybe you've done something too bad or you've been too far removed from God or it's been too long. Or 
or God feels like he's a million miles away and the psalm sounds really beautiful that you've prepared this table, but I don't actually experience or see that. And I just sense in this moment, the Lord wants to faithfully pull both of those groups in right now. And to those of you that would say, I I sense the favor of the Lord. to stop with me and I want to be faithful to walk in confidence would you just bring that before the Lord right now and say Lord in fact I'm just would you just thank him right now just say I thank you God for your favor in my life you guys that are with us at home do this I receive your right here that are just, you're in that place and you don't sense the favor of the Lord. You don't, it's been hard to believe it or trust it. And you feel like you're too far gone or he's too far away. Would you just right now open your hands or at least open your heart and just say right now, I receive the perfect sacrifice of Jesus over my life. I receive fresh and anew the fact that Jesus went before me, took my sin, and made me whole and clean. And receive fresh right now the favor of God, his mercy and goodness, his kindness, his truth. Just declare it, Lord, I've, I have felt like you're a million miles away, but Jesus, you bridge the divide. You open the door, and I come back into right standing with you. I receive your goodness and mercy and favor and kindness, and I'm trusting you to walk in confidence again. I'm gonna finish this morning by just making that declaration. I'm gonna build my life upon the mercy, the goodness, the love of God. We'll make this our declaration this morning. I wanna encourage you that as you sing this, would you sing this in the confidence of the favor of the Father over you? I'll build my life upon you and trust you fully to have your way and to accomplish your purposes. Let's make that declaration as we worship this morning.